안녕하세요, 여러분. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Motivate Korean podcast. My name is Ian, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Jeremy. 안녕하세요. Hey, man. So, uh, we have been asking through the YouTube channel and through listeners of this podcast, really the, the Motivate Korean community at large, even in our Facebook group, the Motivate Korean Setodibang, Uh, we've been asking everybody to send us their questions, send us some feedback. Tell us about your experience learning Korean using repetitive listening or any other method that you're using, any other ways that you're, you know, uh, acquiring the Korean language. Uh, and we, Jeremy got a really interesting email from a member of the Motivate Korean community. So we thought we would uh, start off our community, you know, integration into the podcast with this really cool bit of feedback. So, Jeremy, would you like to tell us about that? Actually, yeah, I got an email. It looks like about a year and a half ago from Katrina. And she emailed me basically saying, I'm a complete beginner and I want to give, and I want to give repetitive listening a try from the very beginning. Wow. And I will, I will record my, my experience and I'll get back to you later. And she sent me an email a few days ago, which is uh, about 18 months later. And she shared some very interesting results. So we're going to talk about that in this episode today. Well, that's really something, jumping in from the first step into like fully committing to one of these methods that people talk about on the internet. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and reading her experience, you can tell that she's really dedicated and she really worked through the difficult aspects of it, which I think, honestly, most people just give up at that point. And that's why it doesn't work for them, you know? Yeah. Like definitely diets and workout plans and things like that as well. Most people don't stick with it all the way to the end, and so they don't see the results. So she was in um, it to win it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And her story was very interesting. Um, so we'd like to share it, share it with you all here. So I'll read bits of her email, and then we'll kind of talk about that a little bit, and, and we'll go through it. Because she was quite thorough in recording her experience. So she says that she started pretty much as a complete beginner, that she had learned some basic vocabulary here and there, but uh, really didn't know much and wanted to give repetitive listening a try. Hmm. Um, she also says, uh, here, I wasn't able to do repetitive listening at first. I tried figuring out how to put it into my routine, but I didn't have a habit of listening to anything ever at all. I don't commute I don't listen to podcasts, and I don't listen to music. So I found it incredibly difficult to make the habit. Um, and actually, when she first contacted me a year and a half ago, that was one of the things I told her to focus on. She said, I want to do this. Is there anything I should focus on? And I said, make the habit. Put all your effort into making the habit, and then everything else will follow. Um, so she's kind of responding to that here. Uh, I believe she works from home. Uh, I think that is what I've gathered from our communications. And uh, as a result, she didn't already have a listening habit of any kind to mm. sort of piggyback off of or to chibono, to shove mm. in Korean content into. I did because I commuted to and from and I listened to music and stuff a lot um, at the time when I started. So I just switched to Korean content completely. So it was a bit easier for me. Here we see that she kind of struggled with that. What about you? Did you do the same thing, Ian? Yeah, when it came to uh, listening to, like, adding the habit, you know, I had a pretty mm -hmm. good habit of, of consuming a lot of media, you know, when I was mobile. 
So through my phone or, mm-hmm. um, you know, I commuted to work as well because mm-hmm. I started learning Korean after I came to Korea. So I had to commute to my to my job from my apartment here. So I spent time listening to Korean uh, in my headphones and whatever. But I also made a habit of kind of taking my headphones out and just listening to the Korean happening around me. So I kind of, mm. I guess I was mm. lucky in that way to uh, have yeah. coincidentally started studying at that time, you know. Yeah, it does help. But I, I'll, I'll say that there's lots of people that live in Korea for 10, 20 years and, and don't get very far with learning Korean. So it isn't true. everything. It's only a, the, the powdered sugar on top of the French toast or the icing on the cake, as we say. Don't make me hungry. Come on. Yeah, sorry about that. I know it's I know it's morning over there for you. It it's is. almost dinner time for me. <laughs> uh, so the next thing she said is very interesting here, and and we'll comment on it after. She said, "I wasn't able to listen to things that I wasn't interested in, to content that I was not interested in. <clears throat> things that were completely incomprehensible to me were just noise. And the reason I don't listen to music is that I don't like the noise in the background while I'm doing things. So I can understand this. Uh, when I do certain tasks, I like to focus on what I'm doing and, and any sound really in the background uh, often is distracting. Mm-hmm. So I presume she does some sort of work that would be hindered by listening to something. Yeah. Ne- next here, she says, I found myself unable to learn from the usual grammar-based resources. So I started working with a tutor over Skype. Mm. Instead of having them teach me Korean, I'd have them describe illustrations from my favorite artists on Instagram. Super cute stuff. I would try to talk with the tutors about the pictures. Talk is in quotes there. I would try to quote-unquote talk with the tutors about the pictures. But I wasn't actively trying to practice speaking. I recorded my lessons, and I was able to listen to the recordings over and over again, 50 to 100 times, no problem. So what we see here, this is commentary now from us again, is that she found it very difficult to listen to just random content, and I experienced this as well. I tried to just grab anything, any guy talking about something, I didn't even know what it was, I couldn't do it. Without any context whatsoever, it's very hard to make anything comprehensible. Absolutely. And when we're talking, too, about uh, comprehensible input and mm-hmm. that kind of linguistic uh, idea, one of, the, one of the criteria for it to be, comp- or, you know, for it to be effective is that it has to be engaging. Mm-hmm. So the, I, I think uh, Katrina, whether on purpose or you know, kind of just by seeking uh, success here, walked right into the that understanding of, well, I wasn't interested in this. So instead of doing the stuff I'm not interested in that other people say is helpful, I just did what I wanted to do, which was talk about illustrations and, and you know, build a relationship with a Korean person or at least a Korean speaker. And uh, suddenly things, you know, stopped just being noise. They were easy to listen to repetitively. Just like when I was a kid, I'd watch that same episode of SpongeBob like, 10, 20, 30 times because, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny. Yeah. It's good stuff. It, it, there's something that pulls you in. Um, mm. I actually, I gather, I'll, we have no real personal contact, Katrina and I, but I gather that she's at least pretty well versed in linguistics and, and, and things of the sort. It seems that she's also sent me uh, some things from Steve Krashen. She commented on a video recently and uh, shared a paper, which we'll mention here uh, at the end of this podcast. But also this describing of pictures, this is actually a common method in the language acquisition 
community in the la- in the in the section of linguistics where people focus on acquisition. Mm. So the distinction here is being you're not learning the language. It's not like you are trying to chew it up with your mouth and digest it necessarily and do everything consciously. That's sort of the way the the language learning world works in general. You know, at school mm. they give you a book and a homework and and you know, go do it, right? Rather, this is focusing on acquisition. And acquisition is more like absorbing it into you. Sort of make it becomes a part of you in a way that you can't really describe how it happened. You just acquire it. You just sort of like become having it, if that makes sense. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's almost a surprise to you that you got yeah. that thing. Whereas when you try to learn it through study, you know why you know that thing. You crammed that vocabulary word and you know where it came from. Um, but the acquisition is not so not so much that way. This might be why we use the phrase pick it up. I picked it up. You know, I picked up Korean during my years in Korea or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think that has a lot to do with with acquisition, right? It's kind of a more yeah. casual way to say it. Yeah, it is the more natural way of learning as well. In in the mm-hmm. past when people didn't have all these resources like we do today, they just went there, stayed there, and uh, the the Korean expression jumps in my head, 부딪혀. 사람들하고 부딪혀서 they just bumped into people or just kind of fumbled their way through it and uh, found themselves learning. But mm. this describing of a picture, describing illustrations, this is actually a very good language acquisition activity to do. I've wanted to do this. I've watched a, I watched a little documentary by a guy who talked about this method, someone who worked closely with Stephen Krashen, and he was learning Arabic. And he would spend hours with tutors having them show him pictures from magazines and describe those pictures. Something like, there is a car here, the car has two wheels, the wheels are black, the car is driving down the road, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And because there is a, a, a visual image there, there is very clear context. And because the person is talking to you, it is very relevant to you. It's very engaging. They're looking at you. Mm-hmm. They're talking so that you can understand. Uh, there's no more personal kind of communication in that sense. So I, I would highly recommend doing this activity. Anyone who has, who has a tutor or who has a, who has a language exchange partner, I highly recommend doing this sort of describing of illustrations. Also, my son, who's three years old, we read him children's books all the time, and we point to things and describe what we see in the picture. We do uh, I Spy a lot. Did you do I Spy when you were a kid, Ian? All the time. Undefeated champ. <laughs> well, we do it in a different way. We, we actually just yesterday switched to doing it the real way, where you read what it says at the bottom. Mm. For those who don't know I Spy, I Spy is a, is a book of pictures, and in each picture there's sort of a big random assortment of objects. Some mm. of them have a theme. Some of them are just a pile of toys or something like that. And you have to find certain items hidden in the pile of toys. And at Mm -hmm. the bottom of the page, it will say, you know, find three ladders and two candles or something like that. But what we did with my son is we would just say, I see a fire truck. And he would try to find it. And he'd say, can you give me a clue? (laughs) And so we would say, okay, it's next to the yellow hat below the brick building and then he would look around and and find it and using the visual image as the the material 
and then adding linguistic information to it, he was able to pick up on words like beneath and under the, next to, behind the, these things that we say in English. He picked up on them without any instruction from me. And I think, too, um, just from thinking about this right now, too, I'm noticing uh, through our analysis that there's a lot of, like, methodological <laughs> uh, crossover between describing images and the, like, the sort of things that you have to do to be able to describe images as a native speaker and switching to a monolingual dictionary or reading, right? It, it prompts the native speaker, have, having them describe a picture, it prompts the native speaker to use some of the words that we might not necessarily use in speech all the time, hmm. but words that go into our narrative that's going on in our head. So that we learn how to describe things like a native speaker instead of just translating our native language to the the new one. So, you know, like in Korean, for example, they would describe things in a different order than English very often. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's mm-hmm. there's been some experiments about this, too, where they like tried to do some yeah. cross-cultural, like they found Germans describe things a lot like Koreans do, but English speakers... Mm-hmm are more like Chinese speakers or something like that. I don't remember the exact yeah. results. Yeah. But the order we think of things and what's interesting at first is, I think there's a whole book about this, actually. There was, I encountered these things uh, in a K, no, an EBS documentary. Uh, EBS is Educational Broadcasting Service in Korea. They have a lot of English-related content on there. And I saw a documentary made by them that was asking on the street in an interview style showing pictures to native English speakers from Australia and England and America and asking them what they thought and then showing the same pictures to Korean people and asking them what they thought. And the way they interpreted those pictures was very different. So yeah, this is a really good point that you you mentioned here, Ian, that not only will you pick up on useful language and the the image itself gives you a very clear context, but also you learn to say things in their way and exactly think uh, yeah, I'll, way. I'll definitely vouch for that that those that i suffered a lot because i tried to learn using english at first and basing my way of speaking on english syntax and word order and mm-hmm. descriptive words and uh i got over it through time and effort but it seems like Katrina here is starting the right way. Right before we move on to, I just want to throw out to everybody listening, you can watch tons of EBS content on YouTube and you should. It's amazing. I love it. Mm. Yes. All right, now let's move on. <laughs> it's great. So we left off where she mentioned that she listened to her recorded Skype lessons 50 to 100, 50 to 100 times each. I should add this in here. I'm not sure if this is true for Katrina, but in, in general, I give people this advice. Don't listen to something a hundred times in a row in one day in one sitting. That's not what we mean when we say that. It's usually that you add it into your habit. So for a week or so, you're only listening to this thing. And this thing, you might get in 10 or 7 or even just 3 repetitions per day. But after a week or two, that adds up to 50 to 100 times. So it's not as effective to do it all as all at once. 
Um, that's why it's important that you build the habit first. So let's move on from there. She says, after I spent six months doing the picture talk with tutors, I understood enough Korean to start watching Korean dramas without subtitles. So I stopped taking lessons. This doesn't mean I understood a lot, just enough to follow the plot or at least get the gist of what was going on. Sometimes I understood enough to get caught up in the story. Very quickly, I got to the point where I was having emotional reactions, laughing out loud, crying, getting all worked up about the, uh, the unfair stuff the bad guys were doing to the good guys, and how the main characters never tell each other anything, which is so, so true. Though if they did, I suppose there wouldn't be any drama left to make a series from, which is true. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, just tell her you love her. Yeah, there's so many, like, <laughs> yeah. exactly. It's, like a, it's almost like a Korean story archetype. Uh, they have a lot of like mistaken identity mm. stories in mm -hmm. in Korea and in Korean mm -hmm. history too, like where people don't know who you know. I'm the son mm. of the king, and then they also like it's. I'm I do this too. Where I'm watching TV. I'm yelling at the yeah. TV. Just yeah. tell her she's yeah. into you. <laughs> You're gorgeous. Just do My it. My great grandma <laughs> used to do that when I was a kid. <laughs> yelling at the yeah. stories, right? So anyway. <laughs> To wrap this, to, to kind of summarize this, she says, Now I understood enough to get caught up in the story more often than not, and usually I would forget that it was in a foreign language, even when I didn't understand the stuff. So this is really important, a really important point. She's saying that her ears got so used to listen, listening to the sound of this language that she was able to follow the emotional patterns of the language. Now, I'll admit as well, I haven't watched much TV. I don't enjoy watching TV anymore these days, but I I think last year I watched a Korean drama with my wife. We got really into Itaewon Klesse and it was it, we had we had fun watching that one. Um but there was a lot of stuff that I didn't understand in what they were saying. Now, if I were to be sitting next to Katrina watching the same one, likely I would be able to fill her in on a lot of details. Right. But the, the phenomenon that she's describing here, that she understands most of it, not completely everything, but follows the story and enjoys it without subtitles and has emotional reactions, all the same things are true for myself. The, the, this is actually probably the most important thing, is to be able to sort of follow it. And in a real-life setting for myself, I, I learned Korean so that I could sit at the dinner table with my family and participate in the conversation and feel like a part of the family in that sense and for me that was my goal there were lots of things that I didn't understand at first but now I understand pretty much everything they say all the time and uh, and it's wonderful and it's paid off so yeah I think this is one of the many like unique skills that you need mm -hmm. to pick up obviously yeah. there's like you know we can make a long list of all the individual skills you need to pick up but I've always called this one of two different things when I'm talking about it with other people it's like locking in, mm. kind of. It's almost like f a flow state yeah. in a way where you're like, I'm in. I'm completely focused on this show. I'm riding emotional waves with them, and, and which is the other way I describe this. Like you have to learn how to ride the wave mm -hmm. of listening. It's happening whether you do anything mm -hmm. or not. They're going to keep talking. And if you're able to stand up on your surfboard, you're going to have a lot more fun, even if you're not doing mm -hmm. tricks or anything. Mm -hmm. You know, It's going to take you with yeah. it. And so I've always thought of it that way, like, there was a point where I was learning when I was, you know, earlier in my learning journey where I could like ride the wave, but I didn't really know like what to do. I couldn't like do tricks yeah. or anything. I couldn't understand everything like you just said, but that's like a, a good skill 
to focus on is just being able to not be overwhelmed mm-hmm. by not being able to understand mm-hmm. everything and just kind of go on the, you know, go along for the ride with them. I I, uh, I actually just had this experience last night where I was I was like in tears laughing watching TV. I couldn't totally understand everything because it's a Yenin show. It's called Shin Soyugi. But I'm watching the show and I'm like in tears laughing because it's so funny, even though they're talking all at the same time, super fast. Even my native speaker girlfriend can't totally understand everything because everyone's talking at the same time. You know, Mm -hmm. she couldn't like tell me what everyone said because it just all happened at the same time. But we're able to ride this wave of, of why of what's happening, you know. Yeah. And I think this also illustrates why the analytical mind like trying to analyze and figure out what did they say? What grammar point is that? What are they doing in there? What we're talking about here is the reason you shouldn't do that. Being able to go with the flow to ride the wave, like Ian was saying, is far more important than being able to splice the sentence apart and pick out what each individual grammatical piece is instantly in the moment. This is actually what most Korean people try to do when they speak English or listen to English. And for this reason, they can't do it. It's incredibly, uh, it's too heady for them. Mm -hmm. It's not in their body. They try to use only their head to do everything. And it's way too much to handle. So they get overwhelmed and (laughs) yeah, yeah, it doesn't work. Anxious, Anxious, upset, stressed out. Yeah. I mean, I got stressed out too. And I I felt that, yeah, exactly. I felt the same way with my in-laws. Sometimes they would have friends over. There's four older couples all talking to each other at at the table at the same time. And then sometimes the topic is turned to me and someone asks me something and they're all looking at me at the same time. And I didn't follow the, the, you know, banter that came before that and the way they were all talking to each other. So I was just super overwhelmed. And Mm. often before everybody would get there, I'd feel this feeling in my stomach like I wanted to throw up. But I knew that I had to keep doing that over and over and over and over again. And eventually I got so comfortable and now, you know, I don't feel that anymore. So anyway, just to sort of draw out my path there. So to wrap up uh, her, her email here, and I've asked her to share more information, so perhaps we could visit that more in the future if anyone is, is curious. I have a feeling someone will be. Uh, so she says, I've basically binge-watched dramas for the past seven months without subtitles. For my repetitive listening, I take the audio tracks from my favorite shows. It works wonders. I only do about an hour of repetitive listening per day because I only do it during chores, but it's consistent, so it does add up. This is... Ex- an- commentary again this is exactly what i did i do it when i do chores or when i'm in the car and it does add up you know vacuuming the house and cleaning the bathroom and folding your laundry does take an hour or more so you don't need to uh right you don't need to go out of your way to put in time into this thing is how you would translate that you don't have to like separate out, mm-hmm. I guess, if you wanted to use a uh, yeah, mm-hmm. right? Like separate out, I guess, if you wanted to use a uh, phrasal mm-hmm. verb, you know, like get up, get down, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. You don't have to like cut out any, a, any time just mm-hmm. for this. You can hijack other yes. things that you're doing and make them more efficient. So for me, for example, it is when I do sargoji. Mm-hmm. That's my listening yeah. time. So when I do the dishes at my house, before I get started, 
before I put on my ajumma gloves, my big pink gloves, if you've ever seen those in a Korean drama or if you live in Korea or if you live with a Korean person and have seen those amazing rubber gloves that they use to uh, do dishes. <laughs> um, before I put those on and do my washing, I pop in my headphones and turn on my whatever I'm listening to. It could be a song. Mm -hmm. It could be mm -hmm. a sebashi. Uh, That's another thing I listen to a lot. Thanks to Jeremy, actually. And uh, things like that. So I've hijacked time that would otherwise be wasted. I know a lot of people also when they when they do their either listening or like flashcard mm -hmm. work, they'll when they go to the bathroom, they'll like, the best time. you know, you're stuck. It's the best time. You ain't going <laughs> you're nowhere. Pot. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> you might as well uh, turn it into, you know, efficient, effective time. So. All right. So there's a little bit left to this email. Jeremy, you want to help? Uh, wrap this one up yeah okay so uh, at the end of her email here she says she started getting into webtoons and uh she because she learned all of her korean through dialogues and dramas uh, she wasn't very familiar with the lit the literary descriptive language i also feel much less mm. familiar with that form than i do with the spoken form again that was because that was my goal um and then to quote her here she says but webtoons we should say webtoons are like Korean internet comics. It's a web comic, yeah. It's, it's yeah. really cool, actually. They're but great. They found a way yeah. to like digitize comic books, yeah. And it, you can scroll through it on your phone, and everybody reads yeah, these things. It's... Like I'm, I see adults, like old men on the subway, yeah. reading through these like fantasy stories. It's cool. Yeah, it's a really awesome part of the culture in a way too. Yeah, she says, but webtoons are mostly dialogues, so that works out well for me. It's pretty interesting. I don't know the patim rules. So she hasn't studied the thing that normally you would study in the first class of a Korean class, you know, a Korean course, mm -hmm. right? Uh, but when I read to myself, I totally make the sound changes. So she's able to see it and infer the way that thing is supposed to be said because it sounds right to her. Right. The next part, she, she elaborates on that. She says, the repetitive listening means that those things just sound wrong if I don't make the sound changes. Those are the keywords. Yep. <laughs> I totally also hear typical Korean intonation when I read to myself. So the intonation, which is also one of the hardest parts to get right. Um, she's also hearing mm -hmm. that in her head. She says, I mean, I probably don't sub-vocalize correctly all the time. But I have no doubt that anything I've missed so far will be fixed with more listening. This is awesome. With more listening. Listening will cure all ailments in this sense. If you just keep going <laughs> in the way that we described, you keep a habit, you choose the right content, you make sure it's relevant to you, it should be good quality. If you have bad headphones or if there's a lot of background noise or something, those will make it difficult for you over time. So all those things are important. But once you get the basics down, if you just maintain the habit of listening, everything will slowly fix itself over time. Um, so this is really awesome. I think I'm going to try to set up a, a time to talk to her and get some more information from her um, because I really think that a, what she's done is very interesting. I wish I could go back and do it this way. I just want to say, too, uh, something that I learned along, along my journey, or I have learned along my journey, is that... One thing that she's doing that's really cool is checking in with other people, you know, instead of just like going on the journey and just doing, you know, all your language acquisition and stuff in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. She is stepping out and kind of analyzing 
Like, well, here's what happened, I think. And here's what I'm good at. And here's what, you know, talking about other mm-hmm. people about the process. Because yeah. she's going to get more feedback. And it's just a positive loop, I think, when you when you reach out. Yeah, it's also better to look at your learning journey from the perspective of someone doing an experiment on yourself, <laughs> right? You're, you don't have to be necessarily yeah. the one in the game mm-hmm. who's getting hurt and taking the blows and feeling bad. And gets. I think that that can lead to you getting overly self-absorbed, to give it a word, I guess, or uh, just distracted by the ups and downs of the journey. So the reason that Jeremy and I decided to do a an episode about this uh, as you can tell, now that we're at the end of this discussion, there's no question or anything in here. But uh, I think that hearing stories from other motivated Korean learners uh, can hopefully serve as some motivation for all of you who are listening to keep going. Because yeah. here's a story of somebody who gave it a shot, gave it her all, and uh, is still doing it. You know, someone who has made the habit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think these success stories are cool because you can see there's no luck involved. She she just mm-hmm. put in the work, put in the time, uh, I think has a real passion for this, which helped, and uh, mm-hmm. made it work. And I, that's really inspiring for me too. Kind of makes me want to go uh, <laughs> analyze my own habits again, make sure I'm doing everything okay. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, the power of repetition cannot be understated. It is mm-hmm. the most important thing you should apply it to anything that you want to get good at. So we we just want to say thank you very much to Katrina, not only for contacting us, but also for uh, really taking this like an experiment, for giving it her all, and for recording her experience and getting back to me a year and a half later. (laughs) I think that this is really awesome, and in, in this day and age, we are able to do this kind of thing. We all, we Korean learners need to know that there are other Korean learners out there who are going through the same things. Yeah. And if we don't, then we feel crazy and alone. And often we're the only one of our friends who care about this stuff. So um, I'd like to say thank you for learning Korean, you know, <laughs> not just reaching out, not just talking yeah. about it, but thank you for learning Korean. I'm glad to see that there's more of us. I'm always glad to see people who are motivated to learn more and more mm-hmm. Korean and to make this a part of their life and their identity because it's a great mm-hmm. language. It's mm-hmm. a, a great culture and it's a really cool thing to add into your personal library of of you. <laughs> so I'm glad you're doing it. Thank you for doing yeah. that. Keep it up. Yeah, me too. All right, so if you uh, would like to get in touch with us, feel free to email us at podcast at motivatekorean.com. Uh, check us out on Instagram at motivatekorean. You can also go to our YouTube channel, which is also called Motivate Korean. All these links will be in the description uh, of the podcast app that you're listening to this on. Or, you know, at the bottom of YouTube, I guess, if you're listening on YouTube. And if you'd like to learn Korean with me, you can head over to MotivateKorean.com slash Korean courses to find out more about what courses we have available. Thanks for listening today, everyone. Bye. Bye.